Hi there! Hello everyone! You're listening to Despair on the Air. On the internet. I'm Gary. And I'm Angie. And today we have a good 76th episode for you. Nice. We sure do. We got a very, very special guest who just put out a very, very special album. We got Harmony Woods! And speaking of 76, of the team, the Philadelphia 76ers, our Harmony Woods is from, guess where? Philadelphia! Philadelphia! Cream cheese! And we are so excited to play the titular track, Graceful Rage, off their album, Graceful Rage, that just came out on March 12th. Yes! And the difference between the song and the album is... The album is Graceful Rage in all caps. The song is regular caps. First word cap. Yeah. But before that, we got a song called Twisted by... Joanna Warren. Off the album Chaotic Good that came out last year. Yes. We hope you enjoyed these tunes, this episode, this interview, our bantor. On Despair. On the air. On BFF.FM. I found you lost in space. I tried to pull you out. It's not my job, not my place to give a damn about it. But I saw them in the shadows. I tried to warn you. I know it.
Hello there. Hello, friend. You're listening to Despair on the Air. On the internet. I am Gary. And I am Angie. And today we have with us a very special guest, somebody you may know, Harmony Woods. Introduce Ooh. yourself. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Sophia, and I have a project called Harmony Woods, and I am very stoked to be here. Thank y'all so much for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us. You yeah. just had a major album release, Graceful Rage. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it came out Thank nowhere. You. Yeah, big old surprise drop uh, on March 12th. It was pretty bonkers. I honestly didn't know how that was gonna <laughs> turn out, but so far so good. No, we're super excited. It's a fantastic album. Um, and I, But I guess the best place to start is, when did you start making music? Word. So I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was 10 years old. And then I started writing songs like consistently when I was like 16 years old. At first, I would just like cover like <laughs> emo revival songs in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, on my little acoustic guitar and then like occasionally my dad would pop in and he'd be like oh sounds good (laughs) I'd be like thanks dad Um, and then I don't know I started like playing around with like melodies and stuff and I had always wanted to write songs but I was really really scared to start because the way my brain used to work then and still kind of works now I would just be like, oh, like, but what if I'm bad at it? No, I'm not gonna risk being bad at it, so I'm just not gonna do it at all. But the thing is, you can't get good at something until you're bad at it first. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 So I um I started doing it. I wrote some stinkers, but then I also wrote some ones that I was really proud of, and then um I started sending them to a few friends that I had met like in the music scene and they were all really really sweet and really supportive about it and I ended up putting out this little three song demo on our band camp. It's still up there to this day I think and yeah <laughs> ever, ever since then I've just been doing the thing. It's been cool. It's awesome though. No I totally agree with that because I know some people are like oh the songs I, I wrote when I was a teen suck but it's like I bet though, actually, if you were to go back at them and find them, they'd be so authentic and so genuine that it would be actually like, you know what, you know, as much as like maybe like the technicality of it is a bit, you know, simplistic or still on its way there, I bet the emotionality behind it is still, it's just, there's something so pure about being like an emerging teenager and having yeah. thoughts to share. That's, that's so real. Like, as long as you have something to say and you're, like, passionate about it, it, it can't be bad, you know? Yeah. Because that's what really matters. And speaking of teens, when you were a teen, what bands and musicians did you go crazy over? <laughs> um, let's see. Again, a lot of the hashtag emo revival stuff, like, uh... Modern baseball, foxing, the hotel year, that that whole vibe was really mm-hmm. into that. Um I was also pretty into Death Cab at a really early age. I think I got into Death Cab like before I discovered the whole like emo thing. I know some people consider Death Cab emo, so that might sound funny. But mm-hmm. in my head they were always just like serious indie rock band, you know? <laughs> um what 
What else did I like in high school? That's like most of it. I like, I weigh like, have, I weigh fixated on the whole emo thing. That was very much my niche, niche, niche. Mm -hmm. I've never learned how to pronounce that word it's correctly. Okay. I don't know if I ever will, but that the one. The show, <laughs> show is pro being bad at pronunciations because there have been many times where if people go back and listen, they can tell I'm avoiding a word or avoiding saying a person's name because I physically cannot say it. Um, I have a good friend now where I couldn't say his name. Like, I physically could not come out of his, my mouth until, like, he was like, here's a mnemonic for it. He's like, wow, gosh. He's like, you really have a struggle. And I'm like, I sure do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Much respect. I totally feel that. Definitely. But um, alongside your... Um, album graceful rage you released a spotify playlist with some songs that kind of influenced the sound of the album yeah. and i was so excited about that because i'm really always really curious like who the musicians i love who they're listening to who they're inspired by kind of like a music genealogy family tree um so i was curious um if you want to talk a bit about some of the artists on there like death cab was on there and you also had the world is a beautiful place i remember enjoying them a lot during like my later high school and paramore and mitski like wait also honestly by cartel that <laughs> that i saw it because i saw angie's question this morning and i was like and i checked the playlist i was like oh shit that was my jam <laughs> 2007, Yo. it was this PS2 karaoke game called Singstar Pop that was on that soundtrack. And I was like <laughs> no belting, belting to it as a 10 year old, 11 year old. Was it like a karaoke game? It was a karaoke game. Oh, that's badass. That's that's like the perfect karaoke song. Holy shit, I'm so jealous. I'm gonna have to find like, I don't know, I'm gonna have to download an emulator and like play that game on my computer. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, I got it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the record Chroma by Cartel is unreal. I I got into it pretty late actually. Um my friend slash our booking agent, Jer, um, they I think they put it on um while we were in the car one time. Just cause they were like, oh my god, you've never heard this, we need to listen to this. And it it blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, like pop punk is sick because <laughs> like when when i was um when i was in high school like at that pop punk age the pop punk bands that were like doing it big then like weren't really my thing like i'm not gonna name any names or be shady or anything but you know it was like the the era of like he man woman hater pop punk you mm -hmm. know and um I, <laughs> I i was a tumblr user from a pretty early young age and i i got really into feminism by the time i was like 13 or 14 so by the time pop punk came up i was just like oh i don't want to do that <laughs> so i never i didn't really get into pop punk until i discovered like the wonder years and like cartel and bands like that so yeah that was cool and then I am such a dingus um, when I was talking about, you know, that cluster of hashtag emo revival bands, I forgot to mention one of my favorite bands ever in the whole entire world. The world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die. Oh my god. I, I first discovered um, Whenever If Ever 
when I was like 14. I think mm-hmm. it was the summer between eighth grade and freshman year of high school was um, the first time I ever heard that record and it absolutely blew my mind. It rewired my entire brain. Um, and then the years like, uh, what's the word? Oh my God, look at me forgetting words. <laughs> A few years after that, um, a few of the members like moved to Philly and I started like seeing them at shows and stuff and like we started to become friendly and then um for a tour I asked uh Josh their bass player like hey like is there any chance you would ever want to like tour with us and they were super down and I was super stoked and then we ended up becoming really good friends and like we still like play together I mean we did you know before the pandemic um but they ended up playing bass on Graceful Rage, and that was really, really cool. And they're one of my favorite people in the whole world, and the world is is one of my favorite bands in the whole world. And I'm very, very, very blessed, very blessed to know them, for sure. That's so cool. I'm a huge yeah. fan of them as well. I remember, um, I think it was a junior in high school when I came across that album. It was probably close to a year old at that point. But I came across it and I remember the transition from Heartbeat into the Brain into Fight Boat goes so hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is, because it wasn't sounding like other stuff at the time because like I was, I was also very much in the Tumblr feminism that, but I guess I had a a blockage in the brain where I was like, I wasn't hearing the lyrics of the pop punk stuff because I was very into Uh, it. Yeah, no, no disrespect to anyone who was into pop punk when they were in high school. Like, I totally get it. Like, I wasn't trying to be shady or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. But I I, I still listen to it now sometimes. I'm like, and it's more. I feel you. I listen to it. I'm like, this is uh, such great composition, but whoa. <laughs> Some issues hey going man, on. chill. Real anger. Um, you know, I have. I it, there's a playlist. It's a popular playlist. I think I have my own private one called like "You Can Have a Little Misogyny as a Treat." I stole the name from a popular one from my private little one, but um, that's so sick. Yeah, but I remember that band. I was people were like, "Oh, you know, it's like pop punk," and I'm like, "This is different, though. This is very, very, very." different sounding a lot of these songs sound very different i think it's the dual singers mm. was one of the yeah there are there are a lot of vocalists on that record i feel like oh is it more than two i think so i okay. it was like the thing that they do like they sometimes they have like different members of the band sing at different times mm-hmm. and like there's a different amount on like every record i don't know they 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 sure do like to shake things up <laughs> I looked at the Wikipedia page. It looks like there's up to five vocalists for the when, whenever, if ever album. Yeah. So yeah, it's intense. I like that though. I think that makes yeah. it really fun. It's sick. Yeah, but um, for Def Cab though, um, one of our show alumni um cuffed up. I believe one of the front folks of cuffed up was in a Def Cab for Cutie cover band when he <gasps> was in. Was it like early high school, Gary? Early college? I think I believe. One I believe those. so. It was That's cool legendary. though, because we're like, what is like, and he's like, well, he's like, I'm a little, he's like, but I am not embarrassed actually. He's like, I'm proud of it. So. That's oh pretty my cool. God. Yeah, I thought that was rad. 
That's so tight. I'm like brain- I'm trying to brainstorm like band names for like a Death Cab for Cutie cover band. That's like one of my favorite things is just like reading names of cover bands because they can be so funny. They really can. I think- I can't- I don't know if he shared the name with us, but I'm pretty sure they had like a pun name around like one of the oh, songs yes. or something. Yes! Yes. Love it. They would like how like we were talking about ska bands the other day, <laughs> me and Angie, and um how like every ska band just has a ska pun in it. Yeah. <laughs> ska Have Network. Yeah. Have y'all ever played um this is so random, like uh Dream Daddy, a dad dating yes! simulator? Yes! Yeah. We played that together. It was so that fun. That game is big on ska. There are a lot of yeah. ska references yeah. in that game with plenty of puns. Also, not Scott, but Pup is in, in that game. Yeah, yes! Yeah. There's a whole mini game where they play, I think it's DVP in the background? Yeah. That song? Yeah. And oh you have to God. go through the crowd. <laughs> that was it's so legendary. It's so funny, too, because it shows like how such a small world it is because, um, so, the one of the producers of the game, I believe his name is Vernon Shaw, because um, it was like produced by the Game Grumps, who I was a mega fan of at the time, and Vernon Shaw was like one of the main producers. And then he actually went on a date with one of my close friends, bandmates, <gasps> and oh, she wow. was like, I'm going on this date with this guy, and like she showed the profile, and she's like, he seems nice. And my friend, who was a huge fan of Game Grumps too, was like, oh my god, you're going on a date <laughs> with Vernon Shaw. It didn't work out. I think he was nice and stuff, they just didn't, you know, click. Yeah. But um, she was like, I, she's like, oh, she's like, I just took some random guy to me. But yeah, it was um, crazy how small the world is. So like, I guess yeah, he's really into bonkers. like the scene and stuff. So he might be at shows. Yeah, much respect. There, there were some references. There was like a Diet Sig reference, like a yeah. bunch of scene bands. It Tegan was and Sarah, like the, yeah. the coffee puns. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> coffee puns were legendary. Basically, like anything having to do with Matt was just like yeah, so much. They're just like. <laughs> There were so many times where I was just like, oh my god, I got that reference. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Definitely. It's cool to see folks like, you know, who are content creators outside of like our sphere. I remember one time too, kind of in the same wheelhouse, kind of not, uh, Louis Zong, who's a cartoonist and he makes content for like the Bim Bam and stuff and for We Bear Bears. He was at a Sydney Gish show. I didn't say hi. Wow. I did not say hi. I was too, I didn't want to be like, uh, you know, because I had just seen him kind of around. I don't even think I was following him. I just had seen his like little funny bits and stuff. But I was yeah. like, oh, cool. I was like, I was glad because I was like, Sydney Gish getting out there. Yeah. <laughs> Making connections. That's so tight. Yeah. It was pretty rad. Hell yeah. Remember shows? Ugh. <laughs> don't remind me. Too bad because we're going to talk about them. <laughs> Take me back. Yeah. I feel like I feel like such a dummy. Like I think back on like all the shows, all the really sick shows that I just completely took for granted and like mm -hmm. just missed because oh I was tired or exactly. oh I class oh, yeah. early the next day and that's I'm just, literally you <laughs> stupid bitch. Yeah, no, us. literally, 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 that's the same literally thing. us. We're like, I think we literally had conversations like in uh, February where I was like, I, you know, I kind of want more time to like work on this thing. Like, we'll see them next month. They're always playing. Like, you know, they always have shows. And then, yeah. Mm. And then, and then <laughs> March 2020 words. happened. So fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of shows, what were some of the first venues or places you played at where you felt truly comfortable? 
Ooh. And who were some of the first people you put alongside with who made you feel inspired as a musician? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. First few venues we played, I, I, we played our first ever full band show at Philomoka, which was, it, it, it was a really small venue in Philly and it used to be a mausoleum and then they turned it into an art gallery and then they started putting on shows and it was really sick and they had this really cool projector there. Sadly, it, it some weird stuff happened and it ended up shutting down, but then I think they were gonna reopen it, but then the pandemic happened and I don't know, I don't know what's, what's going on with them now. Very, very sad, but that place was freaking awesome. I'm trying to think. The biggest show that we played was opening for the first of three modern baseball farewell shows at Union Transfer, which is a bigger venue in Philly. It's like a thousand cap. And when we played, it was, you know, totally sold out because it was modern baseball. Mm -hmm. And I was totally freaking out, like, at first before we went on, like, I was just like, oh my god, there's so many people, I'm gonna throw up, and I yeah. felt so queasy, I was just like, ah, but, um, we went on, and it just felt so good, and it was awesome, and, like, the crowd was so nice, and, like, really into it, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so tight, um, so that was really fun, yeah, um, Philomoka and Union Transfer are both really, really sick venues. Oh, and also, Everybody Hits was amazing as well. We played a bunch of shows there. They were, um, it was a batting cage that had shows at night. And they ended up closing down too. The owner, Dave, amazing guy who, like, put on all the shows and stuff. He ended up selling the place. Um, and yeah, so really sad now that I'm thinking about it because two out of three of those venues are no longer but yeah what are you gonna do so sad definitely and can you think of your do you have an all-time favorite gig memory Ooh. oh I think I may have spoiled it already probably the union that's transfer. okay yeah that was it was just crazy because I never thought that I was gonna get to play a crowd that big let alone at freaking 18 years old mm -hmm. it was just like it was it was totally bonkers but it was it was real fun <laughs> do you prefer like playing to like real big audiences like that or do you prefer maybe like a more of like a hundred people or less type deal where like you can see some individual faces you know focus on a face of a friend or somebody you know who's like really jamming out or do you, I, I mean i'm a type of person where sometimes i have to do speaking things and I would rather talk to a group of 400 than a group of four because yeah. then it becomes like a washed sea. Yeah, that's very, very real. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely feel like there, there are pros and cons with both, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, we don't have, you know, a ton of experience playing to super big crowds because we're a very small band. Um, but the times that we have have been like crazy. <laughs> like, just yeah. really, really cool. And like you said, like, I get really nervous mm -hmm. at house shows where there are only, like, a handful of people because then I have to look at each individual face and, you know, yeah. try to guess how they are perceiving me. <laughs> it's really scary. Whereas, like you said, if it's just to see if people, I can just, like, 
be myself because I'm not worrying about like any particular person judging me. But those are all totally me problems. Um, so yeah, I I I'm here for it all. Honestly, I I would I would give a organ to just play any show ever. Honestly, at yeah. this point. <laughs> Definitely, I understand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, can you tell us? Like, what you're missing the most right now in the Philic music scene? <sighs> just, this is, this is such a basic answer. Just people. Like, yeah. just being around people and, like, talking to people and meeting new people. I'm saying the word people so much that it's starting to not <laughs> sound like a word anymore. But you know what I mean? Just, like, <sighs> I was thinking about this because recently because I I played like a, a virtual show on Instagram live about a week ago and you know we, we've been doing that like and well by we I mean me <laughs> just me I, I've like been doing like virtual gigs and it's been cool and people have been really nice but it's so weird not being able to sense you know people's like energy in person you know, and like actually like feed off of that energy. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm playing music to my phone, <laughs> you know? It's 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 pretty wild. I mean I'm grateful that we have that, but also it it's 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 a little black mirror for me, you know. Definitely. <laughs> no, I understand. And then during this time when we haven't been able to do um in person shows, who have you been listening to to kinda like keep in touch with music like is there anybody local you have really been missing anybody you've discovered during this time of listening to music anybody you've played with you're like ah oh, i've been listening to them and miss our time together or just people from across the globe you're like oh i found this just like let everybody know kind of what's on your playlists yeah absolutely so first few months of the pandemic i was really really burnt out with music and listening to anything new mm -hmm. was just like really intimidating for me at the time kind of the same reason why like you know how people rewatch the office over and over and over yeah. it was like that that kind of thing um so the for like a little bit the only two artists that i really listened to were um taylor swift and the national mm -hmm. those are my two comfort artists and then so <laughs> When Folklore uh, was announced, I kind of lost my mind. Yeah, <laughs> given yeah, that you, it's, you were it was pretty much. Year. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, <laughs> obviously, this is absolutely delusional, but there were a few moments where I was like, "Did I? Did I manifest this? Was this me?" <laughs> <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. But yeah, so that was really wild. Um, well, I don't know. It felt like a little gift in a way. I was just like, oh my god, my two favorite artists. This is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. So those two got me through a good chunk of the pandemic. Um, and then we were supposed to go on tour with Insignificant Other, which are this amazing, amazing band from Gainesville, Florida slash Birmingham, Alabama. They're great. Like, they just have the best energy ever mm -hmm. and their songs are so fun but they're also so real and so vulnerable and very 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 relatable and um yeah we were gonna tour with them over our spring break and then the freaking pandemic happened so i don't know every time i would like 
mourn that tour. I would just put on the record. Um, I'm so glad I feel this way about you and just mm-hmm. kind of get emo for for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then um, another band that I listen to a lot. So um, Jakey Wald from Modern Baseball slash Slaughter Beach Dog has been one of my favorite songwriters slash musicians ever since, you know, I was a teenager. And then we ended up becoming kind of friends and then he produced our first record and it was really, really, really cool. Um, And then very serendipitously, the last set that I saw before everything shut down was a Slaughter Beach Dog acoustic set at Greg Mendez's record release show at Couchtown in Philly. That was the last awesome. set that I saw. So it, it was very like sad. It was very bittersweet, but it was also very like, wow, like, oh, how how meaningful in a way. I don't know. Um so I so I listened to them a lot and then um on Christmas Eve they surprise dropped Slaughter Beach Dog surprise dropped um, their new record at the Moonbase, mm-hmm. and oh my god, that record is absolutely unreal. It's like everything that I loved about their like earlier stuff mm-hmm. times a hundred with saxophones. It's like yeah. it's it's amazing. I I adore that record for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm a huge fan of them as well, and. Um, I I loved Safe and also No Fear and um, Birdie. I remember though, I think I listened to one song off Birdie when I um, first was making rounds and I was like, this sounds familiar. And then I was like, is this? And I'm like, it is. I'm like, it's, <laughs> I was like, it's This related. sounds like the guy from Modern Baseball. <laughs> I'm the worst at that because I'll be like, hey Gary, doesn't this sound like so-and-so? And Gary's like, it is. It's just I'm under a different name. Or it's like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That was me with uh, with the band Lexi. I was like, this sounds like freaking Cosmos. This is a knockoff. It turns out it was Greta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow. It's you're so good. Your Greta impression's amazing. <laughs> it was just Greta's other band. Yeah, but no, super cool. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more conversation with Harmony Woods. On the spare. On the air. And that was the first half of our interview with Sophia of Harmony Woods. We got three good tracks to play. The first of which is a pick from Sophia called Bite My Tongue by the artist Ali Evenson. And then we got a song by Aaron Ann called Bedroom Track, parentheses, Carrie. Carrie with the I-E off their 2019 album, Tough Love. Yes. And then we're finishing off the block with a song from Harmony Woods' producer, Barty Strange, the song, Fallen For You, off their 2020 hit album, Live Forever. Live Forever. Live Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Live Forever. Can you keep that in? Yeah. I'm know. sorry. I'm sorry, Bartis. I My reading comprehension is not as good as I thought it was. I looked at it and I knew it was live forever, but then I was like, live forever. And I was like, but it's not a live album. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope they listen and I hope they laugh at my silliness. And if you're listening, come on the show. Come on the show. We'll mispronounce more things and you can laugh. Yeah. 
I'm your I'm your court jester. You'll never know how much we have to edit. Yeah, you'll realize. You'll come on and you'll be like, dang. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We got a lot more show to go. On the spare, on the air, on BFF.fm.
It has nothing to do with volume. It is all about surprise. It is knowing you are going to be underestimated by the world, then punishing them for those very thoughts I play for me. I play for all the people who I've tried to be, and all the selves I killed when I was just 13. And I pray that at night, oh, she's out there somewhere. I know she's out there somewhere, and I'll find her if it kills me. I know she's out there somewhere. I know she's out there somewhere. I know she's out there somewhere, and I'll find her if it kills me. I know she's out there somewhere, and it just might. Kill me. I'm falling for you. I'm falling 
cause not here I've been holding up And sometimes I get scared, scared. I know you've gone, but somehow I feel you here. But yet I Sophia. Hi. <laughs> well, you want to jump over question, Gary? Yes. Why not? This is a show about questions. So, yes. Sophia, congrats on the release of your album, Graceful Rage, all caps. Thanks. Um, what can you tell us about the production process of developing the album? For sure. So, um, before we got into the studio, I had a few phone calls with our producer, Barty Strange, um, who's absolutely amazing in every single way, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was on the phone with him just like going over, you know, my sonic influences, you know, where I wanted the record to go. And the way I sort of described what I was hearing in my head was, Disintegration by The Cure, plus Melodrama by Lord, multiplied by the Cherry Tree EP by The National. And he he just got it. <laughs> like, he just <laughs> knew. Like, yeah, and he, he took that and we got into the studio and it was so 
fucking cool. Like it was such a cool spot. 38 North in um, Falls Church, Virginia is where he works out of. And it's just so nice and so awesome. And oh my God, I'm like, the thing is I'm not like an audio engineering person, so I can't like get all technical and like do the, do the whole cool nerdy talky thing. Um, so, uh, the most you're gonna get out of me is probably like, Oh, there's a really, really pretty sounding piano, and the rooms are big, <laughs> and it looks fancy, <laughs> you know? But, um, it was really cool. It was such an awesome experience working with him. It was, yeah, it was sick. That's awesome, though. Um, and then we were curious, kind of, how was it like promoting this album during the pandemic? Because um, this is your third album, your junior album. So <laughs> kind of how was it different than your previous two albums? And then what advice would you give to somebody who's like having a big upcoming release? Um, you know, what would you tell them to do, do differently? Like, what's your advice on this whole experience? Yeah, for sure. So our last two records, we had pretty, you know, traditional two to three month long rollouts um and that was cool but um for this record i was like okay like if i'm gonna be putting out a record in a pandemic i do not want to do a rollout me personally just because I just didn't want to have to string it along for such a long period of time, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the way most people are consuming music right now is like, they see it, they go listen to it, you know? Or I don't know, I, that's 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 me at least. Um, but I just really, really, really wanted to drop everything at once, you know? There, there wasn't any particular song where I was like, okay, this is gonna be the single and then we'll put that one out, you know? I, I definitely mm -hmm. saw Graceful Rage as, you know, a whole collection of songs and I, I just wanted them all to be released at the same time, you know? And I didn't wanna have to <laughs> deal with a rollout. So I was just like, you know, like, fuck it, let's just do it. And I was astounded at the response it got, you know? Cause like, we're a really small band, but it seemed to reach a lot of people. And even on like the first day, like I was receiving like the loveliest like messages from people. And like, I was, you know, people were saying really nice things about it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is awesome. So I guess if I wanted to give advice to bands it would be you know as far as like releasing slash promoting a record at this time like do whatever the fuck you want like yeah. if you want to do a rollout do a rollout if you just want to put it all out and see what happens do that like follow your gut like don't do anything that doesn't feel right basically like just do you Exactly. There's multiple ways to do it instead of like the sometimes it's like six month album like promo cycle I've heard is more like an industry term, you know, mm -hmm. it, music consumption is changing so rapidly like experiment maybe a little bit because we've definitely had people like be like, oh, you know, like I'm really glad of the reception of my release and then some folks have been like, I wish I wouldn't have sat on this because by the time it came out for me, I was sick of it. And I yeah, to move on to something else. that's a huge 
huge thing. <laughs> That's a huge issue that I had with the first two records because they had been recorded like a year, a year and a half before their respective releases. So by the mm-hmm. time they were out and by the time we had to tour and play the songs, I was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, even exactly. now people can't even tour, can they even perform their songs? Yeah, for sure. Like, everything is so different now. And, like, even before the pandemic, like, the music industry was rapidly shifting and changing nonstop, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so just, just do whatever feels right for you. Like, there's a different path for everyone, I feel like, and different things work for different people. So just try shit out and see what sticks. Absolutely, yeah. And what was it like working with Party Strange? Who had their own highly successful year after the release of their album, Live Forever. Hell yeah. Oh my god, Live Forever is such a bonkers, amazing record. One of my favorite records from last year. Absolutely. Um, Working with him was incredible. I'm like trying to brainstorm more positive adjectives and I'm like running out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because he's just like, I don't know, I I could use like any positive adjective to describe that man like he's amazing like not only is he super smart and knows how to make shit sound good but he is so empathetic and warm and goofy as hell like he's he's the best like it's a it's a pretty heavy like record like emotionally but you know every day we were just like laughing almost non-stop you know just like telling jokes like the vibes were just immaculate and he's a super awesome person to be around for an extended period of time and i i, I everyone needs to give him their money immediately because no, he deserves it <laughs> for sure and um something i enjoyed too i remember when um i was starting to see his singles come out and um before his album i was like all of these are so different this is amazing mm-hmm. i was like the talent of putting out something that sounds so drastically genre genre based differently mm-hmm. i was like wow that's he talent has the range he yes. has the range absolutely and then um based on we've discussed it pre-interview actually and then we were just discussing it a little bit um how do you feel about kind of like the like as we've been touching on a lot in this interview like the hyper passage of time when it comes to releasing a single or an album like we've talked about on the program a few times before of how like we try to play stuff a little bit like at least a week or two after it gets released simply because people get their well well deserved hype on the day of release you know publications this and that um meet social media hype but then because of the consumption of like streaming culture kind of you know stuff tends to get buried by um even within hours of it getting out um maybe it's because people like to release on tuesdays and fridays but that's been traditionally a thing or maybe it's because a lot of music's like being i don't know what's kind of your take on that and how we can kind of like like i guess um savor music more yeah for sure i mean it's really tricky because it's no individual's fault you know like i would Mm -hmm. never 
try to make a music listener feel bad for yeah. not tweeting about my record like months after its release, you know? Like, you can only expect so much of people. Like, there's so... There are so many amazing records and singles that come out like every single week, if not every single day. It's really intense. Like there's always something new. So I don't know, like even myself, I'm trying to become a more conscientious music listener, like going beyond just like, oh, following artists on Spotify and hoping that they show up in my freaking, what's it called, release radar, like mm-hmm. the playlist that has new releases in it. Yeah, I mean, there have been times where I've like kept album calendars just so like I can keep up with releases and then there have also been times that I've like, god this is gonna sound so weird, I used to make playlists every day and like assign records to those playlists and be like okay these are the records that you're gonna listen to today so that you like (laughs) you remember what they sound like because i have a really bad habit and i'm i'm pretty sure you know a lot of people listening like do this too where like we'll just listen to a record we'll be like oh my god that was so good and then we just won't listen to it again i don't Mm -hmm. know for whatever reason and it's never like It's never like people aren't coming back to a record because, oh, it wasn't doing it for them, you know? Usually, they they just like, there's just so much, (laughs) you know? And I I, I don't know, I don't know if there's a solution to that, honestly. Sorry, I'm like totally rambling and jumping all over the place, but like, I just, yeah, it's, it's rough out here for everyone. It is. I think too, it's been a long time coming in a way because before like our parents generation and the generation before that they had to they probably consumed way less music than us because we can because they would have to go to the record shop you know maybe Mm -hmm. they would hear on mtv or like i don't know where you like i you know they would hear something or they would be a fan of the band they wouldn't even hear the album before they bought it and they would go to the record store buy it and they would have to commit to the whole record because, yeah. uh, I mean, they, they had, like, what are those called, Gary? 45s, maybe? 45s? Yeah, 7 inches. 7 inches, you know, they had those. But I felt like most people were probably saving up their, their allowances and stuff and their money for albums. And so back then, maybe people were more, like, you know, because they couldn't, unless you were probably filthy rich, you probably couldn't buy albums that often as we can yeah. see them now via streaming. So, you know, they probably were like, hey i'm gonna commit to this this is like the album of the year this is the album of the decade you know and they go back to it and back to it and back to it and then like it was that or just hope a single comes on the radio so i remember even too growing up my mom like would hear a song on the radio and she would love it and she would go get the cd and you know and sometimes unfortunately there have been like albums where it's like oh i only like the single but you know oh well like submitted to the cd <laughs> and maybe after you listen to it a couple times you're like actually you know like song eight, like eight bangs but i feel like now with streaming you know you can basically create your own frankenstein albums out of an artist's yeah. discography i mean i do yeah a lot of times That's people, real. yeah People are like, what's your no skips albums? I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like all. Uh, the more choices that we have now, like, have almost made us pickier in a Absolutely. way. Absolutely. 
Yeah, for sure. I feel you on that. And the thing is, is it's like, I don't even know if I would say things are worse now. Like, just different. Or just different. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I wasn't yeah. alive then. Like, I don't actually know how it was. I just know, like, what my parents have told me. You exactly. Know? And, and the thing is, like, back then, the barriers to entry for, like, artists were way more intense than they are now like if you were in a studio recording and putting out a record like you're pretty much already there i feel Uh, yeah exactly yeah yeah whereas now like you know home recording is a huge thing and there there are a lot more affordable ways to do it and not only that but you can you know hop on TuneCore or CD Baby or something and put SoundCloud your even. stuff. Yeah, SoundCloud even. YouTube. And like, yeah, put your, you can, you can get your stuff out there way easily. Mm-hmm. It, but I don't know. It, it's, it kind of evens out in that way because, yeah, okay, back then the barriers to entry were more intense and now anyone can do anything. But I feel like because anyone can do anything, you know, in a way, it's it's also really, really, really hard to be seen and be heard. And it's a lot more competitive. Absolutely. But music's always been competitive. I don't know. I'm like no, way no, contradicting no. myself. No, right no, it now. is, but it is. It's a contradicting. It's a whole contradiction. It's so hard to talk about. <laughs> it is. And I think it's a whole contradiction of things. I think even too of TikTok now, just in the last, ugh, I would say, year, yeah. is drastically changing the landscape because. I'll go on there, I'll look at some funny videos, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, they're using a song that I listened to in middle school. I missed that. I'll go back to the, I'll go back to the record, and I'll be like, oh, I've missed this. I almost forgot about it. And then there's stuff where I'm like, this song is good, and I'll look it up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the only song this person's ever put out yet. But then it's like, you know, it it could fall into the one-hit wonder issue, but I mean, some people have made life are set for life after a one hit wonder um yeah i mean it's just really interesting i mean me and gary have found guests for the show via tiktok it's really it's yeah. been it's wild wow yeah tiktok is intimidating i will yeah say. yeah <laughs> I, I haven't quite conquered that beast yet we'll see if i get there <laughs> no definitely it's a weird algorithm too in a way it seems more fair but i'm i'm don't want to say that concretely without really knowing. But gotta, to me, it seems we gotta, there. We gotta keep, we gotta start posting on TikTok now. <laughs> just to find out. Research, for yeah. research purposes. Get with the times. <laughs> well, it seems like. It's just, I don't know. We'll see, though, but. Yeah. <laughs> the times are always changing. They sure are. They do. And so we talked about songs and, like, performing, and it's been hard to perform, but... Which song from your repertoire was is or was your favorite to perform? Ooh, I think I'm gonna go with our song "Ghosts" from "Make Yourself at Home." That would always be like the one we would close with. So it always felt like you know, big finish, and it's a very dynamic song too. So. I get to be like real quiet and moody, and then I also get to be like loud and annoying, which is sick. <laughs> I like, no, I love those. I like a song that starts off real soft and go then goes like pretty hard. Um, For sure. That's definitely, I think, one of my favorite off of that album. And um, I'm sure it's a lot of people's. And um, But no, it's, it's a great track. I mean, the way Thanks. I think about, yeah, the way I think about those kind of tracks is like, um, they're sleepers because like 
I remember Phoebe Bridgers played um, I Know the End on SNL, and when she started that song, I was like, why is she doing this one? Like, this is a weird choice. <laughs> and then I realized, I'm like, because it's, they had to cut it, though, because it's like, what, five minutes, seven yeah. minutes? I, that kind of threw me off, but then I noticed, I was like, oh, I'm like, she wanted to kind of show a bit of range here. <laughs> For sure. And of course, she got all that, you know, uh, Gen X and Boomer, like, you know, not, I guess, probably hate, but... Why she smash you the guitar? Why she smashed the guitar? That, children and I mean, children could have eaten that. It's like come the on. fact the fact that we're talking about it doesn't make it any better. But the fact that that discussion lasted as long as oh it yeah is shocking. <laughs> it really did last. I mean, uh, the reason we're still bringing it up is because people brought. I mean, I was less like yeah. yeah, I was rad cool. I was like I'm you know really cool saw performance. I never expected the next day to see people be so upset. You know. I'm grateful that it happened because we got to see her call David Crosby a little bitch on Twitter. Exactly. And for that, I am grateful. The drama. <laughs> the drama. Exactly. <laughs> and then we were curious if there's any songs you've yet to cover that you're really desperately wanting to. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have an answer for this. <gasps> Betty by Taylor Swift. Okay. I want to do like a power pop cover of that song so bad i want to make it loud as loud and obnoxious as possible i would awesome. kill to do that that'd be really cool hell yeah i've a lot of folks are really 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 on the swifties bandwagon i think maybe a compilation album could be in order oh my god i don't know yeah. how fierce her legal team is i remember there's something a few years back about that but Maybe yeah. if it is for charity or something along that lines, it could be done. I mean, there was there was a compilation album for Red that came oh, out was there? Okay. a little bit ago. And I mean, I think that's still up. So okay. if anyone out there is interested in curating a, a folklore compilation, please bang my line. <laughs> Get it out there. <laughs> Definitely. Compilations are so great too to like find other artists you like. I like, I know the one that came out, the Gossip Girl one, put on oh, by yeah. our, our pal Susie True. Um, I was like, cool. I was like, now I get to find people who like, you know, it makes it a lot less hard, easier, hard, less harder for me to find people. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's sick. Definitely. Is it time? It's time, Gary. It's time. For what is your perfect bagel? <gasps> oh my god. Perfect bagel. Okay. I actually had a really good bagel recently, so I'm going to sort of replicate that. Awesome. Everything bagel with. This may seem blasphemous. Mm, no cream cheese? Okay. But. Avocado, some sriracha, Ooh. maybe some egg, and like some like peppers for crunch. Nice. That's I'm good. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> no, I've smashed up avocados. Very, very delicious on a bagel. Love avocado. Fan of that. How do you feel, bagel bagel champion Gary? Because you do approve. I approve. You're the first person to put, to mention sriracha on the bagel, and that sounds delicious. 
love sriracha. I've been getting way into hot sauce throughout the pandemic, just spicy food in general. I used to be a huge baby, but I've been like pushing myself more and more into it. It's so sick. Hey, Sean Evans, if you're listening, get Harmony Woods on Hot Ones. Potential Hot Ones. Oh my God, I, (laughs) okay, so I, I love hot ones like i love watching hot ones but it also really stresses me out and i feel like i would tap out after like the third one honestly i would like start sobbing halfway through and i wouldn't be able to do it anymore and it'd be unfortunate for everyone involved (laughs) i'm so surprised so many of those celebrities last that long i'm so surprised they don't like tap out and like have a fit and be like ooh. ron ramsey cough cough (laughs) <laughs> Did he quit? No, I quit, but no. He, was, he was being a baby he, about it, though. He brought his own, like, Donuts. lemon juice and donuts <laughs> and, like, um, all these, all this crazy shit. Yeah, he was prepared. Jennifer Gardner was just on it, and I'm excited to watch that one because she seems so sweet. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. My favorite one was Idris Elba. He was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, they had Paris Hilton on recently. Keenan. Wow. Oh, I gotta Christina. catch up. Yeah, I don't follow the channel, but I probably should because I. We only watch the ones the ones that go viral or they show up on the recommends. Yeah. yeah we forget for they. Sure. We forget they have a lot of new ones. Yeah, him and Nardwar, stellar oh. researcher. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my god, so thorough. Definitely. No, I, I Gary introduced me to Nardwar actually, and the way he finds the felt, it, it's always the funniest when he does people in the who rap, and he'll be like this and this, and they'll be like, How'd you their, know? Demeanor, How'd their demeanor, their demeanor will immediately like, <laughs> change, and they'll be like, what? They and get it's freaked not even out. stuff that's controversial. Who are it's you? Just, like, their names, and they're like, you know my name, and it's yeah. just like I think because they're so used to like, kind of like the the typical. You know, like, like MTV, MTV style question. Reading like, off a card, yeah. Yeah. But like, he has people on the inside, that's for sure. The thing exactly. he says on his talks is he literally he goes to like family members and friends and stuff, and literally oh asks God. them for information. So wow. we should have done that and asked your dad for us like some oh dark information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's literally what Darwin does. He does that, and then they and then they give him the information, and then they get sh- and then they get shook. That would have been wow. insane. So bonkers. Yeah. But as Y'all we... would have been like, Soph, what was it like on your third birthday when yeah, you ate exactly. the Blue's Clues cupcake and you shat blue? <laughs> oh, and I would no. have been like, what? Yeah, totally caught off guard. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, though. But um, So as we wrap everything up, um, I have three things. So the first of which, are there any other artistic projects you're working on at this point that you'd like to plug? Ooh, uh, other than like songwriting, like no. However, I am working on my like senior project for school. I'm graduating in June. I'm working. Cool. Um, I'm writing a thirty-page research paper on payola in the music industry. Awesome. And I'm stoked on that. That's super cool. When I send you fellow writers luck, I am trying to finish up my graduate thesis as well. So I understand writer's pain, writer's excitement. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I'm I'm about 33% of the way there. Good. Um I'm stoked. I'm stoked on it. It's gonna awesome. be cool. And then um so do you have any goals at this time? Are you ch- taking it easy now that this album is out? Um anything up on the docket we should know about? Ooh. We got 
some surprises tucked away that I'm really stoked on. Awesome. Other than that, my goal is to be super chill and allow myself to exist. That's yeah. perfectly fine <laughs> and I encourage it for sure. And then finally, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can listen to Graceful Rage. Um, yeah, plug, plug, plug. For sure. So you can go to our website, harmonywoodspa.com, and find all the places you can stream Graceful Rage and where you can buy our records and our merch and all that fun stuff. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at harmonywoodspa. And our Facebook is facebook.com slash, you guessed it, Harmony Woods PA. And our Bandcamp is harmonywoods.bandcamp.com. No PA. And I think that's everything. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. This Thank was a blast. You. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us. We really, really appreciate it. And Hell this was yeah. such a fun conversation. We had a blast. This has been awesome. Yeah. And stay Yay. tuned as we'll have some more tunes and a performance by Sophia with the song Good Luck Road. Thank you all for listening. On the spare. On the air. Bye. 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 And that concludes our fabulous interview with Harmony Woods. That was another very fun interview, Gary. I laughed, I learned, and we made a new friend. I can't believe she told us about the Blue's Clues cake. I know. And anyway, happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Belated birthday now. Yes. But at the time of recording, happy birth. Happy birthdays to an Aries dad. Is it Aries season? It is Aries season. Yes. And... We got some songs! We got another pick from Sophia by the band Pom Pom Squad. The song Heavy Heavy off the 2019 album. Ow! And then we got a cool song called What's the Creek by Lindsay B from the brand new album I Should Have Stayed Home. That's something we all did not have a choice for this past year. Yeah. But sometimes it's okay if you're somewhere and you're like, I should have stayed home. And I will also say, once we get back to being able to be in person and you're out and you said, oh no, I said yes to too many things because I was locked inside for a year plus and now I'm out and I'm saying yes too much. It's still okay to think in your head, I should have stayed home and to sometimes be snuggly in the bed. It's about balance. And you know what I've been thinking about? All the weird people at DIY shows who make you really uncomfortable and then you're like, why am I here? I would say sometimes people's outfits make me uncomfortable. Not for the reasons you think, but sometimes people just wear the funkiest shoes and I'll be staring at them the whole time and I'll miss a whole step because I'm like, this person's shoes. They look like they're an art piece nothing wrong with them just get distracted by the shoes don't worry that's that that's just ella emhoff ah with her her uh her croquet not croquet what's that called that knitting technique 
her vests and hats she knits together. Crochet. Crochet! She's coming for you. She's taking selfies, but they're not actually selfies. Somebody's behind the camera, and she's just pretending, because that's what influencers do, I learned. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, sisters. And you know, we're not pretending to have a microphone, because we're going to tell you about our next, our last song of this block, Freak Show by Floating Room from... The EP, Tired and True. This is probably my favorite song of 2020. There were quite a few bangers, but I think this tops the list. Yes, and I have... Give me a second. Bum, 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 bum. I have it. I got the 7-inch. The EP on the 7-inch is it's pretty nice. Can you do a crackle ASMR? Yes, here's the sleeve. Take out the sleeve. Are you going to take a bite out of it? I would like to see somebody on, on the internet eat vinyl records. I think it'd be funny. The forbidden fruit by the foot. When they say the the vinyl makes everything sound more crispier, you know? Uh, They should make uh, vinyls that are uh, smell vinyls where as the needle scratches it, it releases a smell that the artist wants you to smell. <laughs> some people would be pretentious and have like perfumes and some people would be like, this is going to smell like poop. <laughs> And after those tunes, we got a performance by Sophia of Harmony Woods with the song Good Luck Road from the album Graceful Rage. Stay tuned on BFF.FM. Oh, 
from Harmony Woods. Welcome to my cluttered room. <laughs> um, this is a song called Good Luck Road. Drove by the agency my parents work at still somehow shaking a year in between and I begged that maybe the problem wasn't just me Ooh. Song on the radio sounds just like you saying your name And I screamed from the passenger seat and I prayed that one day You'd realize what you did to me Crying in your parents' house You're 
little sister looks confused You're wondering how everybody you loved could suddenly turn on you I'm tired of being led to believe Things aren't what they seem When they're standing right in front of me You may not On the other end Cries like I did Through a screen Still deflecting Two years in between Then I knew For the first time The problem Was never me And they just can't understand heads in a world saying everything could have been perfect if he didn't hurt those girls yeah they had to eventually cause you can't rewrite reality Thanks for listening to our episode of Harmony Woods. Yes, and we hope you enjoyed their performance of Good Luck Road. And we hope you enjoy these next two songs that play us out. Yes, why are they, Angie? We got the song Nest by Iris off their 2020 album Flaw. And to end off the show, we got Denial by Millie 
all capitals. All caps, all day. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you for listening to Despair on the Air. Tell us who you think is uh, cute. <laughs> Real or fake? The, uh, both. Who do you think is cute, Gary? You can't say me, though. Because everyone knows that. Aww. Buster Bluth. Buster, you Buster, you think Buster's cute? Do you think, do you think uh, Michael's cute? Michael's, Michael's, Michael Sarah or, or Michael Bluth? Ooh, Michael. George Michael. Bluth, Michael Bluth, Jason Bateman. Yes, I always think like, do people really like him, or do they think like him in like a serial killer way? No, people think he's handsome. I would do. I would like him because he seems like a responsible father type who oh. would pay taxes on time. And would teach the kids how to ride a bike. Has he played a serial killer? He, he seems like he would like pivot to horror or something. I think he likes that. I think that's kind of what he was trying to do with Ozark. I don't know. I haven't seen Ozark. I've only seen the first episode. Um, also, rest in peace to Jessica Walter, who played Aww. Lucille on Arrested Development. She passed away Aww. after five decades of excellence. My favorite quote from her is Arrest Development. Well, I'd rather be dead in California than alive in Arizona. (laughs) Don't don't tell the Arizona friends that. I'm sure they kind of would probably agree, though. Anybody else you think he's cute? How about you? Well, I want to say I'm embarrassed. You made me say things. Now it's your turn. I don't know. I, I always tell you off air. But you never tell me. You think Zoe Deschanel cute? That was that was high school Gary, okay. Hey, hey. Who do you think's cute from Supernatural? As somebody who's not really been a watcher of the program. What's his name? That one There's, guy. That shows 99% men. You're going to have to be more suspicious. Yeah, what's, what's his name? Which guy? You have to be suspicious. That one guy's name. Crowley. The demon? The British demon who goes, hello, boys. Or the guy from the, t- the TV episode. Gabriel, the archangel, who's also a short king. He is kind of like a lisp, but not really. Blonde hair. He was in the Slayer music video two years ago. I know. Ago. Oh, two years ago? Yes. Oh, <laughs> there's a picture of him in like golf attire that the fandom always goes crazy over. But if I remember correctly, that's from a commercial. Um, but then I thought, oh wait, maybe it's not. Maybe it's from the Slayer thing. But when you said two years ago, I'm like, no. And he has a Slayer music video five years ago. I guess and, and, <laughs> I think he just loves Slayer. Cool. I can't believe you're not even saying your favorite uh, supernatural character from a show you don't really watch, but that I tell you about so you know at least a little bit. Kevin. Kevin, I have not s- seen an episode. Well, I've seen clips of it. I showed you Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Tran from. Is he from Orange County canonically? <laughs> Wait, I have to look it up now. He's Canadian. I don't think he's from Orange County. I think he's from like Middle America, because nobody in okay. nobody in Supernatural can be from like the coast. Oh, he's the Middle America. They're, they're like so anti the coast. They're like, oh, we gotta always be on the be on the in the Middle America. Oh. Um, shit, where is he supposed to be from? They're not explaining it. This is the wrong Wikipedia. They don't say where, so he can be wherever, f- where you want him to be. Anyways, let us know who you think is cute 
Send us a DM, an email at the spare on the air. Or comment on the post. Let us know it's cute. Yeah. Let us know you think it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you as always for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the spare on the air on the internet. And BFF.FM.
about podcasts and stuff oh nice i was just talking about this podcast that i like called frenemies with like trisha pietis and i think uh ethan klein who i i knew just from memes i didn't know very much about ethan my friend turned me on to it it's a very chaotic podca- podcast and it's just absolute chaos but um they have a bad habit of like 
talking about stuff visually that they don't describe visually so you have to turn on the youtube video and it's like sometimes i don't want to do that Oh, yeah, for sure. That can get kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah. People just call things podcasts, but then it's just like a video show. But like, but then they yeah, also have a audio. Talk show. A talk yeah. show. It's not a podcast. <laughs> a podcast has to be audio first, or at least, you know, like both. Cognizant, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I'm not super familiar with Trisha Paytas. The only thing I know about her is um, do you guys watch Nathan for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. That's literally how I knew her. <laughs> No way. Okay, so I was watching Nathan for you with um, my friend in, like, middle school. I was, like, showing it to her. And, like, she was way more into YouTube than I was. And um, we were watching the episode with the bodyguard who mm-hmm. has the one yeah. weakness. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I, I don't feel comfortable elaborating on. No, it's okay. Um, we know. Yeah, but then, yeah, you, she she walks into the store and, yeah, y- y- you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, that was, like, my introduction to her. And my because my friend next to me, she was like, oh, my God, is that Trisha Paytas? And I was like, who? Yeah, who? <laughs> and now I know. <laughs> no, yeah. She's, um... She's a lot. Yeah, you could have a whole like podcast on the psychology of like her and like the way she presents and what she shares. But um, <laughs> I definitely respect her grind. Yeah, yeah, the grind is amazing. The grind is yeah. immaculate. Angie, um, when you still have access to those academic journals, you should like check if anyone's written about her. Oh my god, I, maybe. I mean, the one thing I remember her most from is uh. I remember one time I was trying to look up like a thing from Little Shop of Horrors to like rewatch a scene from it because it's a good movie musical and she has like every year on McRomantis's birthday I don't know if she does it anymore but she did for like a good five years she would do like a very weird like happy birthday video for him and she would be like I want to marry you I need you and it was just so and I was like who is this Ooh. woman who's obsessed with Nick Moranis and then I found out like now she's very popular and <laughs> for infamous or for some people love her some people hate her it's very she's just a very interesting person interesting. anyway <laughs> what a time what a time can this just become a, a Trisha Paytas podcast? It should. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, you should cut out. You should cut up a little bit of this and put it in at the very end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Easter bonus egg. track. Why yeah. not? I'll do it at the end of the songs. A little cool. Bonus. Yeah, you should. Like before we go. Yeah, like it's a little. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. All right. Should we jump back in? Let's do it. <laughs> 